0: He's also the head of a ministry called Word of Messiah Ministries. So we're gonna, uh, he's a friend of Dean Stein. That's how we came about, how I came about knowing him. And, you know, Dean found out he was coming this morning and didn't come to church, so. <laughs> Just kidding. Actually, Dean, a friend of Dean's had, a some, I guess his ox was in a ditch and Dean had to help him get it out today, so to speak. But, uh, one of the things I feel like the Lord showed me, uh, just in some conversations with I had with some people, and um, is the uh, issue that of Israel and the importance of Israel, and a lot of the people, a lot of people in the church don't realize. I've had people say something like this to me. Well, I can understand if you read the Old Testament why Israel is important, but I can't see it from a New Testament perspective. And then our nation comes under attack, and we know one of the issues with terrorism is israel is that our nation supports israel is and so what we need i believe one of the things that god wants to give us is a righteous and balanced understanding of why israel is important today and i believe that's something god wants to sow into to our congregation we've never really did much uh preaching about israel uh in a specific sense we've talked generally about it we do support a ministry that's uh, over in Israel, and, and, you know, I think the, leader, the leadership of this church is, is, is committed to Israel and sold out to Israel to you know, see God's purposes for Israel fulfilled. Um, but I believe as a, as a whole, as a congregation, we really don't have a good handle on the whole issue of Israel. So part of what I wanted to do this year, this is like one one step, is for us to become more acquainted with what the Scripture says and what God's heart is for Israel. I think it's really important this time that we understand it so we can know how to pray and know how to behave ourselves towards, towards what the activities or the current events in the world. So I think it's, I I personally believe this is a real important issue and I really believe it's on God's heart and I believe the, the 9-11 events have highlighted that and have really driven home the whole issue that the church has an understanding of what God's heart is for Israel. So, that's part of what we're doing today is really sowing some seeds. And I think this is just one little thing that we're doing. There's, you know, we can't in one morning really grasp the whole depth of this thing, but this is the this is direction. So, why don't we do this? Why don't we let the children go on to Sunday school? And Lord, we ask you to bless them and encourage them this morning. Uh, Father, we're asking you to speak to us this morning. We really want to hear what your heart is. Uh, Lord, um, there's things in your heart that we've not even been acquainted with on some levels. And Lord, we want to go deeper with you. We want to go further with you. Lord, we want you to bring the Word of God uh, out to us and speak it into our hearts. Lord, we want to uh, we want to a word from you, Lord. A living word, Lord. A word that speaks. A word that's a proceeding word that would really bring us momentum and bring us more into alignment with the heart of the Father. So that's what we're presenting ourselves to you for this morning, Lord, is to really hear this. Lord, I pray right now for every person in this room that you right now would just touch them in a way that they could be an open vessel, touch them in a way they could receive something and they would be conscious of it. Father, I ask You that we would actually sense the Word of God coming into us and giving us that life that it's meant, Lord, causing, causing spiritual momentum to come into our very beings, causing spiritual momentum to come into our, our local church here, God. We're asking You for that, Lord. We want to be more in alignment with You. We want to be more in tune with what the Spirit of God is doing today in the earth, not only with us personally, Lord, but what You're doing on the big scale, God. So we're asking You for that, Father, this morning, Lord. And Lord, we give this time to You, Lord, for You to impart something, Lord. We really ask You to impart to us Your Word, impart life to us this morning through what this man's going to say to us, Lord. I pray You would use him. I pray You would speak through him. I pray You'd bring conviction into our lives. I pray You'd bring revelation into our lives, God. And we thank you for that, Lord. We thank you for the Holy Spirit that enables men to speak words that are beyond just mere words. We thank you that the Holy Spirit enables men to speak life, God. And that is what we're praying for Sam right now, that you would come on him and release the word of life that you have planted in his heart over the years. Lord, and we thank you for him this morning. We thank you for his ministry, Lord, in Jesus' name. His wife. Yeah, let's introduce his wife. Miriam. So, Miriam, will not you stand up? And... <laughs> Miriam's really a great uh, name from the Bible. <laughs> Moses' sister. And here's Sam Nadler. Oh, let me say one other thing. I think maybe Matthew said this, but he's got some material out there. Some of it's free, so you can take all the free you want, but it, it's got some tape albums and stuff, and that stuff costs money to produce. So if you'd like to get some of that... Um, he's going to tell you the details, but it's probably some really good stuff, you know, after the service, if you'd like to get it. Thank you. Shalom. The word shalom
1: means peace. And I believe the Prince of Peace reigns in your heart. And so when I say shalom, I expect you to share more than just a greeting it has to do with a blessing as the peace of God ministers in our own souls. So I'm going to give you one more shot to really demonstrate how much peace is in your heart. You ready? Shalom. Shalom. Now that wasn't hard, was it? (laughs) Please open your Bibles to Matthew. As you're opening your Bibles, I want to ask for prayer. Not only for the 10,000 Jewish people living right around us, who without Messiah Yeshua, without Jesus Christ, have no way of salvation. And so therefore, what opportunity we have to share not only with non-Jews, but Jewish people, the great good news of our great God and Savior, but also for millions around the world that are in desperate need, millions of Jewish people. We just got back from Israel and, uh, we are just so thankful to see, isn't it great that God is planting gospel-preaching churches, Jesus-loving churches in Israel? Isn't God good? (laughs) What a great God we have. Seeing Jews and Arabs come to faith together at our meetings in Israel. Isn't God good, what he can do? (laughs) Over in Europe, uh, we have uh, leaders there that were training and planting churches in uh, cities all over Europe. Uh, what a great God. He brought 100,000 Jewish people to live in Germany again. Doesn't he have a sense of humor? Where evil once reigned, now may righteousness be exalted. What a joy to be training leaders there and seeing congregations planted throughout Europe. What joy here in the Charlotte area to see God doing great and mighty things. Throughout North America, our ministry is going forth, seeing congregations planted, Seeing good things going on with a great God. We want your prayers because God wants to do even more. So if you receive one of these envelopes, we just take it out for just a moment. I just want to mention it and get out of the way. If you receive one of these envelopes, just take it out. For a, if you didn't get one, don't feel left out. How many people did not get one? Raise your hand. Either hand will do. Raise your hand if you didn't get one. We have some sisters right there. Share, just keep your hands raised for a moment. Thank you very much, and we'll be glad to get one into your hands. This is a ministry envelope, a way for us to minister to you. What I want to share with you this morning is just the broaching of a subject, a topic in the Scripture. There's much more to share, and we have our monthly newsletter that we'd like to send to you free. Yes, it's worth every penny. We'd like to send it to you free. All you need to do is fill out this envelope, and at the end of the service, will there be like an usher or someone at the door maybe? Will that work? That'd be cool, yeah. Uh, Some at the door with a plate. They're just placing the plate. I'm glad to send you our newsletter. Not only so you can learn more of what the Lord is doing amongst Jewish people around the world, but that you might be able to bear more fruit of the Spirit. How many people want to bear more fruit of the Spirit? Raise your hand. Let me tell you how this works. You want to bear fruit, you got to work on the root. You don't go around slapping branches. You nurture the roots. And the fruit of the Spirit comes about. The fruit is the result fruit of the Spirit, of the work we do nurturing the root in the Spirit of God. And by the way, as we take a look at the scriptures, we'll see that it's Jewish roots. And the more we understand these things, the more we can grow and glow in the Lord. So we want you to grow even more. And our newsletter will help you do that too. So you fill out uh that envelope and place in the plate. We are a faith ministry. That means we will talk to God about our needs a whole lot more than we're going to talk to you. And if you wish to give a gift, you can use the envelope, but let me tell you something. Our ministry is to plant congregations all over the world, and we're thankful for the privilege. But the point is that we believe in the ministry of the local congregation. I believe in the ministry of this church. This church is your first priority for giving. If you give a dollar the word of Messiah Ministries, I should rightfully go to this church, you'll break my heart. But as the Spirit of God leads you, has enabled you above your normal giving to your home church, we'll be thankful for your prayerful consideration of our ministry and our outreach here and around the world. And uh, by the way, there are some free literature on the table, and there's some not so free. If you don't have discernment, My wife, Miriam, will be there to assist you. And there's some music tapes. If you like messianic music, worship tapes, you'll find this to be really delightful. Teaching tapes and Wells' books and other things to help us to grow and glow. Pray for our ministry all over the world, not only evangelism, but seeing people growing. In Matthew, the Messiah is speaking to the Jewish people in Jerusalem, speaking about the Jewish leadership, Matthew chapter 23. Matthew chapter 23, verse 37. Yeshua, Jesus. He says to them in Matthew twenty three thirty seven. 37, if you have the right Bible, that's page 874. Don't worry, I was kidding. Some people are saying, I, I got the wrong Bible. Oh, no. It's okay. Matthew eight thirty seven. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. The one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. How often I want to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you are not willing. See, your house is left to you desolate. Verse 39. For I say to you, you shall not see me. You shall not see me. No more. Till you say, Baruch haba Adonai, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Two witnesses on the same thing. Turn to Acts 3. Acts chapter 3. Here we see Peter speaking to the people in Jerusalem. There we saw Messiah speaking to the Jewish people, saying that you will not see me again. His return. His return. Dependent upon Jewish people saying, Blessed is he. Blessed is he. Acts chapter 3, verse 19. Acts 3, 19. Verse 19, Repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. How many people want that times of refreshing to come from the presence of the Lord? (laughs) And that He may send Jesus the Christ who was preached to you, whom heaven must receive until the times of restoration of all things which God has spoken by the mouth of all His holy prophets since the world began. Repent, Israel, He says to the Jewish people. Not only that your sins may be blotted out, but that Jesus may come, which heaven must receive, until they say, Baruch We are in the midst of spiritual warfare. In here we gain in this holy huddle our game plan to bring it to the bricks, to take it to the streets, to be God's fifth columnist, living out His light in the midst of darkness. But we are not unaware of the schemes of the devil. The return of the Lord Jesus is dependent upon the repentance of Israel. Everyone who prays, you know, Thy will be done, Thy kingdom come. (laughs) Thy kingdom come. Desiring that His righteousness be established where evil once reigned. Hallelujah. In this world. Where evil once reigned, as in our souls. Where evil once reigned, now may righteousness be exalted. The second coming of the Lord, the return of the Lord. Well, everyone wants that. I mean, who who wouldn't want that? You see, there is one. Right now, he prowls as a lion, seeking whom he might devour. He's looking to devour you, destroy your family. Satan. The devil. 1 Peter 5 tells us. Right now, he's prowling, but when the Lord Jesus returns, he will... It says they're buying Satan for a thousand years. Right now, Satan's at liberty, seeking who he might devour. Satan realizes that when the Lord Jesus returns, he loses his liberty. Satan is doing everything he can to stop the second coming, or the return of the Lord. Everything he can. And he knows that the linchpin to this whole issue, the Jewish people. Keep the Jewish people from ever saying, Baruch Haba B'Shem adenoi. Keep the Jewish people from looking unto him, trusting in him, depending on him, from ever repenting and turning. And that way the times of refreshing will not come. Satan will not be bound. And so therefore, he understands strategically the day we live in. During World War II, there were two neutral nations in Europe, Sweden and Switzerland. It's funny how it is with neutrality. In the midst of war. Switzerland and Sweden. Sweden used its neutrality to help all the Jews to rescue every Jew it could from the ovens. Switzerland used its neutrality to get everything it could from these Jewish victims. for their own gain. It's funny about neutrality. There is no neutrality in spiritual warfare. Don't fool yourself. Don't fool yourself because you're not going to fool anyone else. Spiritual warfare. God is looking for those who will be living out the light, the life, and the love of God. Is that you? He said here in Acts, by the mouth of his holy prophets, turn, please, to Jeremiah. Or Jerry Myers, as we say back home. Now you can tell that I wasn't reared here in Charlotte. My drawl is just developing. You can pray for me. I was reared in a Jewish Orthodox home in New York City. I didn't like religion. It didn't meet the needs of my heart, although we were religious. But I managed, after bar mitzvah, when a young man of 13 was given the opportunity to decide how religious he wanted to be, I decided I wouldn't be. And managed to get from religious to rebellious. It wasn't hard. It was just one step away. <laughs> in my mid-twenties, someone had the nerve to tell me I needed the Lord. I needed Jesus. I laughed and laughed and laughed. I said to that person, listen, i got so much religion I'm not even using. Why would I want any of yours? But a seed was planted in my heart. And I mocked and laughed at that person. A seed was planted. Ten months later, I wrote back to that person saying, thank you for letting me laugh at you because now I love him too. Someone who's willing to take a stand in the midst of the battle, to stand up to the threats, the persecution, the risk of rejection, the risk of mockery. You understand the spiritual warfare? Crucifying our pride, we might share good news to the glory of God. Not worry how we're perceived, but how the Lord is honored. Jeremiah chapter 31. He starts out in a very strange way here. Notice what he says, Jeremiah chapter 31. At the same time, at the same time, at the same time, at that time, says the Lord I will be the God of all the families of Israel they shall be my people at the same time at that very time now I'm ready to pray father we ask even now that Ruach HaKodesh the Holy Spirit the one who inspired the writing of the words that he might even now illuminate our minds and hearts to its truth even as we are yielded to him and that being yielded to him that truth might be something dynamic in our hearts life-changing And as we're yielded, we pray that He will also enable us to live out that truth. We might be your instruments of grace, your instruments of mercy, light in the darkness. Minister, in our souls, we pray that the name of our God and Savior would be exalted and lifted up. (laughs) That they would be praised. For we pray, Beshem Yeshua HaMashiach In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. I always translate, don't worry. (laughs) <laughs> somebody looked a little worried what was he saying <laughs> at the same time, do you notice what the text says at the same time <laughs> interesting way to begin a chapter, don't you think You know, well, he's referring back obviously to chapter 30 which is the worst period in Israel's hip history, it hasn't happened yet it's speaking of a time to come the Bible calls it the great tribulation now if you take a look at the portion, you'll notice carefully in your own time, read chapter 30 but you those in verse 7 of chapter 30, it describes that great tribulation period as the time of Jacob's trouble. Anybody here named Jacob? Well, sorry about that, brother. You got some trouble up ahead. It's talking about the Jewish people. Who you're named after. God bless you. Uh, the Jewish people. The time of Jacob's trouble. It's a time to prepare Israel. For the coming king and kingdom, that they might look unto him whom they have pierced and mourn for him as one mourns for an only son. What's it take to get some people's attention? You know what I mean? I don't know what the Lord's doing in your life, but for some people it takes a great tribulation to get their attention. But that's going to be a horrific time, worse than anything this world has ever known. Daniel says, Messiah Yeshua, Jesus says as well, Matthew 24. A terrible time. In fact, everyone would say, what what hope is there for the Jewish people? What hope is there for Israel? That they might come to that place of looking unto Jesus, of looking to Him, and recognizing that Satan is a liar. Satan says he can protect his own. The tribulation period will prove he can't. God is greater. And as terrible as it is, as miserable as it will be, as horrific as it will be, people will wonder, can the Jewish people survive? Can Israel survive? And the truth will be brought out that God's word is the last word on their existence, not their problems. Let's understand what that means for us. Because I don't know what you're going through. You all look so happy and lovely. Easy on Sunday morning for some, you know. You don't look too happy, but I think someone dragged you here. It's okay. I understand. (laughs) The fact of the matter is you may be going through problems that you can't handle. I want you to know something. There's something greater than your problems. There's a God who's greater than the problem. There was a kid named David, eventually became King David, He stood up to this giant Goliath, not because he minimized the problem, but because he saw someone greater than the problem. And we can have a life of confidence, not by saying there are no problems, but by knowing there's a resource greater than the problem. Uh, Back in October, right after 9-11, I had the opportunity to minister in New York, do outreach there. What a great time. People were asking me for good news. What a great opportunity in New York. They were... The fish would jump into the boats. Glory to his name. A friend of mine, a guy I had a chance to minister to and disciple in the faith a while back, Jacob Cohen. Yeah, he's Jewish. He was ministering as a chaplain at the World Trade Center site. He's one of the chaplains on the site. And so he got me into the area. This is while it was still burning and everything was going on there. So I had the chance to get down there, and it was at night and it was like a ugly thing i didn't get a real good picture of it from tv it was so big it was like this great they call it the pile a pile of rubble stories and stories high you know it was amazing uh to understand you know when that world trade center towers fell the square footage of building that fell is equal to all of uptown charlotte it was like a mountain and the the caterpillars, uh, the 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 uh, bulldozers, and all that were there on the looked like little toys. The people working on the mountain pot, they looked like little ants working there, you know. And it was just amazing. It was so large, the problem so great. And you know, it was at night, and everything looked so horrific. The smell, the stench, the smoke coming up looked like hell itself had come up up from from below. You know what I mean? Just looked terrible. And the buildings around it, when the World Trade Center fell, it wasn't like little pieces falling. It was like these gigantic shards of building that came like missiles all around, and the buildings looked like someone had taken knives and stuck it into the chest of those buildings. It was horrific. It took your breath away. When I got there, the people who had been there to to serve, people who volunteered from all over the world to come assist and serve there, they didn't know what they were getting themselves into by getting married, I guess, you know. (laughs) Didn't realize how big the problem was. (laughs) And I was there, you know, carried my sword. (laughs) Don't leave home without it. And one woman who had come from quite a ways to assist and to serve, she just stood there crying in the ashes. Her name Donna. If you get our newsletter, you may have read about her. And... I said, what's wrong? She, she hardly could speak. She said, look at that. It's, it's, it's so, so great, the problem so much. I said, yeah, it's terrible. She goes, it's so terrible. You see, the size of the problem was greater than her good intentions. A lot of us enter into things, you know, with good intentions. And we don't realize the size of the problem. And it's devastating to our soul. It's devastating to our heart. It takes our breath away. It can destroy us in our hearts. And maybe you're going through situations like this. And I share with Donna, I said to her, Listen, Donna, yeah? She hardly stopped crying. I said, Donna, I know someone bigger than the problem. She said, You do? Bigger than that? I said, Oh, far, much bigger. Much bigger than that. I know someone who conquered death. She said, You do? I said, Yeah. His name is Jesus. And he wants to change your life right now. And there in the ashes of the World Trade Center, she trusted in Jesus. And I don't know what ashes you're standing in. I don't know what your situation is going through. And I don't want to minimize your problems. I just want you to know there's something greater than your problems. There's a resource. God, greater than all, he can make a difference. He conquered death. He can give you victory in life. He can help you right now. See, the last word on the Jewish people is not the problems, not the circumstances. The last word is God's Word on their life. And notice what God wants to do in the midst of it all. Verse 1, we see there the goal of God, to restore relationship. What in the world is God trying to do? Verse 1 reminds us that what God is doing in all things is to restore relationship with Himself. Ever since Adam and Eve did the bad thing and sinned, since that time, you know, Sabbath broke. When God said, you know, Sabbath day, seventh day, Sabbath, remember that? Do you think God was saying, and by the way, when we get to Monday, God's back at work again? So everything was done. It was supposed to be just Sabbath, rest, peace, joy, walk, walking with our God, <laughs> you know, living him out. What a great time. But because of sin, ever since then, God has been doing one thing, restoring relationship, bringing redemption, to restore Shabbat, to restore rest and peace, to restore relationship with himself. And so therefore we see the goal of God in verse 1. They shall be my people. You say, hold it, Sam, you don't understand talking about the great tribulation, time of Jacob's trouble. I know, but in the midst of it all, at the same time, do you get the, what he's saying there? At the same time. When everyone thinks it's the worst thing that could happen, God's going to do His greatest work right now in your life. God may want to do the greatest thing He ever did. In a situation you can't stand, oh, won't you look to Him, His His grace is still sufficient for you. He has life and hope in the midst of hopelessness and a feeling of helplessness. In the midst of it all, at the same time, I will restore a relationship. In the midst of all that, in the midst of it all, At the same time what's god want to do he wants to restore relationship how in the world is he going to do that verse 2 verse 2 jeremiah 31 verse 2 thus says the lord the people who survived the sword that's a little code word for the tribulation that godly remnant that survives through it looks unto jesus the same remnant we read about in Romans 11 verse 5 right now, there's a remnant according to grace. So we know, we know the Jewish people moving the area. there, there's a remnant there, ready, ready to hear good news. Are you ready to tell?